Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Hey, hello, happy you're here. Nice to see you. One super quick thing before we uh, jump to the stories, and if you're only here for the stories, you know where the timestamps are. I love you. I'll see you in story one. For the rest of us, I'm going to freak like nine of you out right now. You're 30-something, right? You grew up watching shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark? You grew up reading books like Goosebumps and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And you know in your heart of hearts, that shows like Hey Arnold, Batman the Animated Series, Rugrats, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, all of the best episodes from those shows are the Halloween episodes, period. But that's kind of hard to talk about in like regular conversation, right? Because what if it makes you sound weird? How does it even come up organically? Well, I made something for you. Another friend of mine, a narrator friend, he goes by Booze and Booze, Now, if you've heard of me, you've most certainly heard of him. We started a podcast together, and it's called the 90s Nightmares Podcast. Guess what it's about? All those things that you and I love so much. So there's going to be the audio version of the show. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, a couple others. And then there's the video version as well on YouTube. I'm going to put some links in the description of this video so that you can pick the way that you want to enjoy the show the most should you decide to check it out. All right. Um, sorry if I called you out so directly. I didn't mean to. <laughs> but I'll see you over there maybe after this video. All right. Let's get glitchy. All right. So check this out. About 10 minutes ago, I was in the laundry room folding while my four-year-old son and my two-year-old daughter watches Disney in the living room. Our front door is propped open to let some fresh air in, but the security door is locked. My husband is at a friend's house getting help with a programming project, and I hear this. My four-year-old shouts, Daddy! 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 My two-year-old shouts, Daddy! daddy and i hear my husband's voice say hey guys where's mommy my four-year-old says she's doing laundry and i hear my husband's voice say oh is she folding clothes the four-year-old says yeah and all the while the two-year-old is still shouting daddy i finish what i'm folding and i walk into the hall to see if my husband wants help with dinner but he's not in the house i think okay So maybe he went back outside to get something else from the car. With the front door propped open, the security system doesn't chime when you go in and out. I look out the door, and his car isn't there. So I ask my four-year-old. I say, hey, where did daddy go? He looks up at me, scrunches his face, and he looks confused, and he says, maybe he's at work. And I said, wait. Weren't you just talking to him? 
he tells me no. I checked the security camera and it didn't catch anything. I feel like this was either a glitch in the Matrix or a parallel universe bled into this one for just a moment. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today. So... This happened to my roommate, we'll call her Elle, earlier today. I was there and I witnessed this with her. Three months ago, Elle went out clubbing with two friends at a super packed club. She carried a money clip with her in her back pocket that had $500 cash, her debit card, and her ID. At the end of the night, while she was waiting outside for an Uber, She noticed her money clip was gone and she immediately went back inside the club she was at to check if she had left it at the bar or dropped it on the ground somewhere. After searching for about 10 or 15 minutes, she couldn't find it anywhere. When she got home, she double-checked her jeans again. She didn't wear a purse or a jacket that night. And then she went to bed after, super upset. She regretted bringing the $500 cash that she was gifted a few days prior for her birthday. She was planning on using that money for our trip to Hawaii the very next month. So, Elle called the club the next day to see if anyone had turned it in, but no luck. She figured someone must have stolen it out of her back pocket, or she must have dropped it and somebody kept it. Fast forward three months later to today. Elle came home from work, went into her room, and her same exact money clip that she lost with the $500 in cash, the debit card, and her ID was sitting right on her TV stand. She was in total shock and yelled out my name to come see what she was seeing. I ran to her room, I glanced at what she was pointing to, and I instantly got goosebumps all over my body. She asked me if I was pranking her at first, but she saw how confused I was and knew that that couldn't be possible. I was just as shocked as her. We hadn't talked about that missing money clip in over a month. We sat down and just stared at each other for a while, trying to make sense about how this could have happened. Well, it happened. About an hour ago, while I was finishing up my shift. It was nothing reality-shattering, but it was very clear and real in my mind. I was helping clean up at the end of the night around the machines that were running. I picked up some pallet wood and some scraps of cardboard from the floor. 
I looked around for a big garbage can, and there were none that I could see. They were getting dumped out at the compactor. I noticed a small gray bin at a nearby machine. I stopped, I stared at it, and I thought, I guess this junk might fit in there. I started walking over to it when I saw my supervisor heading toward me from my left. The desk phone rang. He stopped and turned around and headed back the other way. Now, as I swung my head back toward the trash can, it felt like a like a cutscene in a movie, like a few frames were suddenly missing. As I thought, that was weird, I reached down to toss the trash, and that little gray bin was now gone. I stood there, looking around for it. I even backed up to where I first spotted it, and nothing. It just wasn't there at all. And that's it. Today, I found out that glitches really are real. This was late at night, maybe around 2 a.m., Everyone living in my house was asleep and I was just scrolling through Twitter and TikTok. I had my AirPods in my ear and the case right next to me in my bed. I had gotten up to grab another cover from my closet when I heard something drop. I assumed it was my fire stick, but when I returned to my bed, it was still there. So I thought, no biggie, it must have been my AirPod case but when I went to look for it, I couldn't find it. I looked under my bed and under my dresser, but I still couldn't find the damn AirPod case. Since it was so late at night, I decided to leave my AirPods on my nightstand and look for the actual case the next morning. Well, the next morning, I began to clean my room, and I mean a deep clean. I moved my bed my dresser, my nightstand, everything and anything. I even looked in my shoes and deep in my closet, but I never found my AirPods case. I know it was late at night and I was tired, but I remember having it next to me and I remember hearing something fall to the ground. I even asked my mom to help me look, but neither of us found anything. It was so strange and frustrating because one, they were expensive, and two, my room isn't even that big, so it's not like in a part of my room that I never go to. I never found the AirPod case and I had to end up buying a new one. Thankfully, they weren't as expensive. A few years ago, my husband, my daughter, and my husband's parents and I were taking a nice summer bike ride on a popular Greenbelt Trail. My husband and daughter were way up front, I was in the middle, and my in-laws were behind me. As I was going over a bridge, I slowed down to let an older couple behind me pass so that I could let my in-laws catch up to me. While the older couple was passing, my handlebar got caught on the bridge, causing me to lose my balance and then fall. While I was on the ground, my face was near the concrete facing down, and it felt like time began to slow down. 
Above me, I could hear the sounds of just total commotion, chaos, so much that I thought I had better keep my head down for a bit. After what felt like a while, I jumped up. I looked over to the older couple whose faces had now gone pale and both looked like they were looking at a ghost. I looked over to my in-laws who were behind and saw everything. They looked just as shocked as well. I was confused as to why, but I started apologizing to the older couple for falling into their path. The man was too upset to speak, but the lady finally managed to ask if I was okay. I said, yeah, I'm completely fine. But the way they were looking at me, I had to ask them, do I look okay to you? After a minute or so, the older couple finally collected themselves and they rode off. I get over to my in-laws only to hear what they witnessed. They both saw me fall and the guy run over my head with both bike tires before he fell over. I was in complete disbelief since I felt absolutely nothing. I have no idea what happened and why it seemed as though my head was in a bubble or a time warp. Hmm... My uncle and I went to a Bucks game a few weeks ago as his friend wasn't able to make it, so we used his season tickets to go to the game. As we're scanning the tickets, we ask the worker how to get to our section and our seats. My uncle and I vividly remember the tickets saying section 235, row W, seats 4 and 5. So... The worker points us to the direction of section 235, and we go find our seats. I double-checked the tickets before we got to our section, just to make sure we were finding the right seats, and I confirmed it said section 235, row W, seats 4 and 5. I then asked an usher to confirm where our seats are, and he pointed us in the right direction, towards row W, after looking at our tickets. So we go over to row W and see that there are people sitting in our seats already. No big deal, we thought, as we can just hop around in that section until we felt like asking them to move when the game got busier. Eventually, we are asked to move to our seats, so we go back to row W and ask the people there to politely move since those were our seats. The two guys sitting in seats four and five were very sure that those were their seats, and then they show their tickets to us, which shows that they are indeed section 235, row W, seats four and five. This is where we get very confused. We then pull out our tickets to show them that, hey, those are also our seats, only for the tickets to say that we are in section 235, row B, seats 1 and 2. What the hell? Our tickets seemingly changed from row W, seats 4 and 5, to row B, seats 1 and 2. We had no clue how that could even be possible, as we had ushers confirm multiple times where our seats were throughout the first half of the game, 
while they looked at our tickets. We then moved down to our new seats and just sat in absolute confusion as to how that could have even happened. It makes sense that row B, seats 1 and 2, were the correct seats all along as we saw some friends behind us who were asking where the usual friends were that have the season tickets. We told them what happened and they couldn't make sense of it either and jokingly suggested we were probably too drunk to notice the difference. However, I was sober and I had multiple ushers confirm what the previous tickets said before they mysteriously switched. There is likely a reasonable explanation for this, but my uncle and I are still scratching our heads wondering how that happened. We both vividly remember the same details and just don't know what the hell happened that day. Do you have any thoughts? This happened in 2014, and I am 100% positive that daylight savings time had nothing to do with it. My boyfriend and I had cooked dinner and watched some Curb Your Enthusiasm. Between episodes, I went upstairs to use the bathroom. Our stairs were wooden and slippery, and I had recently fallen down them after our nightlight stopped working. When I left the bathroom to go back downstairs... I noticed the nightlight was back and turned on. My first reaction was, oh, cute. He fixed it so I wouldn't fall again. When I sat back down, I kissed him and thanked him for doing that. The thing is, he didn't. After we went up to inspect it, he also freaked out. He's an unflappable guy and never believed in hauntings or anything of the sort, so I got even more scared when he couldn't make sense of it. We both had goosebumps and felt like nothing made sense anymore. I've never seen him so confused or spooked. After a few moments of regaining our composure, we went into the kitchen to clean up the mess that we made while cooking. At one point, I turned around to check the time, thinking that the clock would read 11.30 or so, but that clock said four in the morning. In utter disbelief, we checked all of the clocks in the house and it was indeed 4 a.m. We checked to see how many episodes we'd watched and there was no way that we had been watching for almost seven hours. We never figured out what happened and I've never been so spooked in my life or so grateful to have someone lose their mind with me. We were afraid to go to sleep, so we stayed up until sunrise, and after, we were able to call his mom and tell her that if anything happened to us, we might be murdered by the simulation itself. My wife and I independently lost our house's main door keys 24 hours apart. Neither of us have ever lost any keys before in our lives. She's a 26-year-old female and I'm a 27-year-old male, and we both have multiple keys on our keychains and we're each missing our main door key to the house. There are four of us living in this house, both of my parents, myself, and my wife. My parents live on the first floor 
and my wife and I have our home upstairs. My wife's keychain is a small toy with a spring hook that hooks a ring with all the keys attached. My keychain is a simple carabiner hook with rings with keys on it. Here's my wife's side. She was the first one to have lost her key on her keychain. We came back from a walk and she unlocked the front door, confirmed by me, her, and my mother that was present near, and we went upstairs to our part of the house. Now, note, she didn't lock the door behind her because my mother specifically requested her not to. Upstairs, she put her keychain on the table and after half an hour, she notices the keys are missing. It has to be lost between the main door and the upstairs. It's literally impossible for them to be anywhere else. I unlocked the door, and then I put the keys down on this table, she said. We can't find the key, and it's the only one missing. We checked all of our clothes, all the nooks and crannies. It makes zero sense why we can't find her key. Where is it? Now, here's my side of me losing my key. I come home from work the next day, and I realize that I can't unlock our front door because the keychain that I'm holding in my hand is missing the key to the door. I checked all my pockets. I went back to the car, and I checked inside there. I closely examined the car-to-door path, but I didn't find anything. I know that I locked the main door when I left for work this morning. I think I saw the key on my keychain before I left work. I retraced my steps multiple times, but I still never found it. Both of our keychains have spring mechanisms that allow keys to slip off, I guess, but what are the odds that we both lost the same door key in 24 hours? It feels like a glitch that removed our keys. This happened about one and a half years ago. I came home and sat on my couch to watch a little television before bed. I took off my smartwatch and I set it on the arm of the couch, then I went back to watching TV while taking off my earrings. I held my earrings in my hand for a few minutes and decided to get up and take all my items to my room. When I reached for my watch, it wasn't there. Naturally, I looked on the floor and then I felt in the cushion right next to me. Nothing. I got on the floor and looked under the couch and the coffee table and again, I came up empty. I pinged my watch from my phone and I heard it inside the couch. I continue pinging my watch and it sounds like it's underneath the cushion next to where I was sitting. Weird. As I went to remove the cushions, this was precisely the moment that I realized the cushions were stitched to the couch and unable to be removed. It was a new couch. I'm now lying on the floor between my couch and coffee table, reaching under my couch. I can feel my watch resting above the lining that's attached to the bottom, but I have no idea how it got there. Under the middle cushion, no less. I reach between the middle cushion and the back of the couch, as well as the left cushion and the arm, looking for some kind of hole that it could have slipped through. 
I find one on the left side, but I don't understand how it slid just right, went into the hole, and then had enough momentum to slide under the center of the couch, all without me noticing. One minute later, I'm cutting a hole in the lining under my new couch to retrieve my watch, and I still have no idea how it got there. Here's the TLDR. I had to cut my smartwatch out of the center of my couch after it disappeared from the armrest. I lost my beloved high school class ring several years ago at work. When I noticed, I tore apart my desk, my purse, my clothes, my pockets, my car, and my house. I even combed through the office on multiple floors. I asked my manager, my co-workers, and the housekeeping staff to keep an eye out for it. At home, I decided to wash my purse and search the washer and dryer to see if laundering the bag would somehow shake it out, but there was nothing in the washer or the dryer, and still nothing in the purse. Weeks go by, and I'm devastated. My dad bought me that ring, and he helped me customize it. I was very upset. Eventually, I accepted that it probably slipped off my finger outside due to the cold weather and was most likely gone forever. I even started looking into jewelers who could potentially recreate it for me. A couple of months later, my purse is sitting inside my desk drawer at work. I think by now you know where this is going. I take it out to go on lunch and I reach inside to grab my phone and the ring is sitting right there on my phone. It was definitely my ring in the same condition that I knew it was in. My full name was engraved on it along with all the customizations that my dad and I picked out when I was still in high school. I was blown away. I wondered if maybe someone found it at the office and chose to return it anonymously by dropping it in my purse, you know, no questions asked. The only problem is that my purse was locked up inside my desk drawer, and I was the only one with the key. I was overjoyed to have my beloved ring back, but still completely baffled. How could it vanish for months and then just show up one day? in plain sight. I still think about it to this day, and it gives me the creeps. Alright, so, check this out. This incident happened about five years ago. This is a story that I never really tell anymore because most people are either uncomfortable hearing it or make well-meaning comments about what I should have done in this situation without really understanding how differently your mind works when you're experiencing absolute panic. But you guys seem to get it, so here's my story. I was living in a relatively nice apartment in downtown Memphis working as an ophthalmic technician. I arrive home from work at my usual time, it's about 4.30 in the afternoon. I unlocked my door and I went inside. I set my phone, my wallet, and my keys on the kitchen island 
hearing my heavy metal front door swing shut loudly behind me and began taking care of some errands around the house. Having grown up in a small town, it was habit for me not to lock my door during the day, especially when I knew that my husband would be home soon anyway. But I've never forgotten to lock my door once in the five years since this day. I walked through my bathroom and into my large walk-in closet and I began hanging up the laundry that I'd started earlier in the day before I left for work. My front door opened and I smiled with a surprise. My husband was home a little early and I happily called out to him, I'm in here, love. But I was met with silence and slowly began to feel that sinking feeling of something is wrong crawl up my spine. I tried to shake it off, thinking my husband simply just didn't hear me and walked out into my living room and my kitchen area. Standing on the other side of my kitchen was a complete stranger. He was a male, older than me, and I would estimate he was in his 50s, but it's hard for me to recall exact facial features or details from this moment, and he was just standing there, staring at me. He had no ski mask, no weapons, just watching me. I wondered if he'd maybe walked into the wrong apartment and was going to apologize and leave, but as he continued to stare, I realized I needed to do something other than just gape at this stranger in my house. I stood taller, I puffed up my chest in an attempt to look more threatening, which honestly is hard to do as a small female, and I used a loud, clear voice telling him to get out of my apartment and that he had no business being there. He just completely ignored me, like I hadn't even spoken. Then he began to pick up my things, my cell phone, my keys, my wallet. He picked them up methodically and put them into his own pockets, and that's when it truly hit me that this person is dangerous. I was naive enough to believe that this was all a mistake until that moment. I darted forward toward the only other device that I had that would allow me to get help, which was my computer. I had to take a few steps closer to the intruder in order to reach it, but still had about 12 to 15 feet between us, so I knew I could grab it and run before he could reach me. As I picked it up and turned to run, I saw him start to move after me, and I sprinted back toward the bathroom because it was the only place that I could go and put two locked doors between us, which would be my bathroom door and my closet door. I slammed and I locked the first door, and within seconds, I could hear him messing with it, trying to open it. I ran into the closet and I locked that door too, opening my computer and getting on Facebook Messenger to contact my husband. I sent message after message, pleading with him to call 911 and to tell them that there was an intruder in the apartment. He got the messages within minutes and assured me that he had a dispatcher on the phone and was leaving work himself to try and get to me if he could. I waited and waited. The bathroom door opened and the intruder came inside. 
He moved to the closet door and started trying to break that door down too. And here's the part where people usually start giving me advice on how I should have acted, but all I can tell you is that I was frozen. With fear. With shock. I mean, I don't know. But I didn't scream, or cry, or search for a weapon in that dark closet. I didn't brace the door or try to hold it closed. I just kneeled in my closet and waited to die, because I knew that that was going to happen. People like to tell me that I lived in an apartment. Surely if I screamed, someone would have heard and came to help, right? Surely there was something heavy enough in my closet to use to defend myself. Hell, even the laptop that I had would hurt if I swung it at someone hard enough. Why didn't I do anything? I mean, even I don't really have an answer for that. But the closet door miraculously held. I heard frustrated footsteps go back out into the living area of my apartment. I heard things breaking, I heard bottles shattering, my drawers and my refrigerator and cabinets being flung open as things were torn out of them. I continued to sit in that closet, silently crying, wanting to leave, but feeling that death was inevitable. I feel awful about my selfishness in that moment, but I messaged my mom, who lived a 14 hours drive away, and I told her what was happening. I desperately just wanted some comfort and to tell her how much I love her. I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine the fear and the helplessness that I put her through knowing her daughter was in danger and there was nothing that she could do to help. She messaged me constantly, begging me to keep replying. I told her I would for as long as I could, but I also told her to tell my brothers that I loved them and to help my husband through whatever happened next if it, well, if it ended badly for me. The intruder started messing with the closet door again, mumbling disjointed words that I couldn't really distinguish. I remember hoping that the police would get to the apartment before my husband so he wouldn't be the one to find me in whatever state this invader left me in. The front door opened again, and it was my husband shouting for me. The intruder walked out towards the living room and kitchen area, which was where my front door was located, and I opened the door and I darted from the closet to find my husband on the ground with him, pinning him down in place. The man kept mumbling and at times yelling, but never really put up much resistance. Now this entire part is a blur for me. I remember feeling like the room was spinning filled with fear, mostly for my husband at this point. Eventually, the police found the apartment. It took them about 25 minutes to arrive, which still blows my mind. I know time seems to move slowly during scary situations, so I thought it was less than that, but from the time my husband dialed 911 to the time officers arrived, it was 25 excruciating minutes. This isn't intended to bash them in any way, it just always seems like there was an unusually long response time for a home invasion. They got my things back from the man and they took him out of my apartment. I numbly went through the process of filing a police report, 
telling them what happened, and one of the officers commented that I really should keep my door locked at all times. I remember feeling like he was being insensitive at the time or blaming me for what happened, but later recognized his words were coming from experience. I'm sure he's seen the situation end differently for other women. Within 30 minutes, the scariest incident of my life was over, but I've carried the fear, the violation, and the anxiety of having someone intrude into my space for years. If it happened to me once, it could happen again. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Now, please consider continuing because this isn't all doom and gloom. If this or something similar has happened to you and you're still struggling with the aftermath of it, the sleepless nights, the laying awake listening for sounds of forced entry, the nightmares, the constant checking and rechecking of your locks, this is what eventually helped me. A year after this took place, my husband and I moved to the Midwest for his job. We selected a safe town with a nice apartment complex, and we chose a third-floor apartment with only one point of entry. I looked up every statistic on crime for the neighborhood, finding that an isolated incidence of car theft was the only thing reported for decades, and I still couldn't sleep at night. It was definitely better than staying in the same apartment in Memphis, but my husband works night shifts now, and I simply couldn't continue being terrified to sleep at night. I realized my biggest fear wasn't that something could happen again, but that if it did, I was just as unprepared now as I was then. I hadn't changed anything, well, other than locking my door, and I knew I would likely freeze up again and leave my life up to being able to hide well enough or having a door hold long enough to save me, and, well, you know, that was unacceptable. I walked into a martial arts school with an excellent self-defense program. I introduced myself, and I started taking classes. At first, I was quiet. I was hiding in the back of the room and generally keeping to myself. My instructor, who was both incredibly kind and incredibly insightful, slowly built up my confidence and brought me out of my bubble of fear. After several months of training, I finally shared my reason for taking classes with him, and he's worked with me tirelessly to give me the ability to protect myself in any environment. I've been training for years now, and the difference it's made in every aspect of my life is really just unbelievable. The meek, quiet girl that waited to die in her closet doesn't exist anymore. I'm confident, I'm strong, and I'm worthy of living and protecting myself in my home. I'm no longer ashamed of how I handled the situation that I was in, but I also understand what steps I can take to ensure that I'm safe going forward. It wasn't easy, and it didn't happen overnight, but it was worth it. Now, I recognize this might not be a solution or an option for everyone. Your experience is valid, and however you decide to cope with your own story is the right choice for you. 
This is how I happen to do it, and it's worked well for me. Thank you again for listening. I'm a little afraid to share this because I'm not sure how people will respond, but maybe doing so will help someone else that's feeling alone with this. And the person who submitted this story says, if anyone is struggling with their own story and wants a kind ear to listen, she's here. Stay safe out there. This is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me, and what makes it worse is that had things gone down differently, I might not have been here to tell this story. Okay, first things first. I'm a female, about 5'7", and I weigh about 130 pounds. This happened to me about three years ago when I was in my early 20s and still a student living in a very safe area. Growing up, I had loved martial arts, and having grown up in a small, rural town, I'd take what I can get. Karate? Fine. Judo? Sure. A kung fu? Why not, man? Taekwondo? Sign me up. I loved all martial arts, and I still do, because they helped me discipline my body and my mind and grow my confidence. It had been a few years since I moved out to my country's capital to study, and I had kind of fallen off the martial arts wagon at that point, with college taking up most of my time. I should also mention that at the time, I lived with my younger brother and our cat. We lived on the first floor, and the second floor for all my American people, right next to a military camp and a patch of forest which leads to a creek. On our back balcony, there was a circular metal ladder that would lead up to our balcony and the kitchen door, which, of course, we always kept under lock and key. Except for when the cat wanted to go out, when we'd unlock the door, he would go down the outdoor metal stairs to find his cat friends and play. I commuted to my college every day by walking 30 minutes to a bus stop and then riding the bus for an hour and then walking another 10 minutes until I made it to campus. And when it was time to go home, I'd have to do the same thing all over again. So as you can imagine, it was very tiring. I would be out of the house every day from 10 in the morning until almost 10 at night so when I'd come home, I'd be exhausted. I don't believe in premonitions much, but I do believe in instinct, and for quite a while, I felt like something was up with that patch of forest behind our apartment. I felt watched. Maybe it was the blackness of that patch of forest that made me feel uneasy because there wasn't a single light there, and the outdoor ladder looked like it descended into an abyss. You could take three steps into that patch of forest and you'd be under complete cover of darkness. It made me feel weird because even though I couldn't see anything, I knew that something was up. I had no proof, but I knew it. I was in class one Wednesday afternoon with my best friend at the time, and a professor came in to pitch an internship to us. Internships aren't 
very well known in my country, so professors actually have to argue their case about why, as students, we could benefit from them. My best friend, I'll call her Kay, was very interested, but when the professor listed off the requirements, she realized she couldn't apply as her GPA wasn't high enough. This led to Kay having a crying fit after the class was over, which led to a panic attack and it got so bad that she called her boyfriend to come pick her up from campus and since I didn't want to leave her alone, I stayed with her until her boyfriend showed up and got in his car with her. The conversation in the car was basically me and her boyfriend trying to console her and help cheer her up. I asked her if she'd like me to go over to her place so that we could all hang, but she said that she was okay and didn't want to put me through the hassle of commuting home the next day. By the way, she lives a full hour away by car, so that's two hours by public transport. So it was decided that they would drop me off at my house and they would go to theirs. We get to my house at about 1900 hours, a full three hours before I normally come home. I hug her, I tell her to text me if she needs anything, I thank her boyfriend, and I get out of the car, glad that I'll be home early for a change. I went in through the main entrance, I climbed up the stairs to the first floor, and put my key in the lock. I opened the door and called out my brother's name like I always did, and I get no response. The house was dark, except for one light in the room where the front door opened into, and it was eerily quiet as well. But I felt my stomach tie into a knot because even if I couldn't hear anything, I could feel that someone was there. And when my instincts talk, I listen. I turned right into the hallway that leads into our rooms and I saw my brother's door slam shut hard as soon as I got in the hallway. My brother's room is on the end of the hallway on the left, which faces my room, which is on the right of the hallway. My first thought was that my brother had just taken a shower and forgotten to grab a towel, so he made a run for it from the bathroom in embarrassment. But then I heard muffled whispers coming from his room. They sounded hushed and pressing. I still had no reason to be afraid, but I was on high alert because I thought my brother and his friends were planning on jumping out of his room and scaring me and I was not about to let them get the satisfaction. So I inched down the short hallway through the darkness, and before I knock on my brother's door, I take a look at my room. It was a mess. My mattress was off of my bed entirely. My clothes and my books were all over the floor. My jewelry box was empty and thrown on my bed. All in all, it looked like a tornado had gone through there. And then the hushed whispers in the next room sounded extremely pressing and anxious now that I was close. Even though I had tried to tiptoe as silently as possible, my steps could still be heard. I realized what was happening and I went ballistic. At that moment, I lost it. My fight or flight instinct kicked in and it went right into fight. The words danger, thieves, fight 
They all hit me like a truck, and I threw my whole weight on my brother's door, busting the door down so furiously you'd think it owed me money. I didn't see anyone in his room, but it was also a mess as well, and I knew what I had heard. So I ran to the balcony door, I ripped the curtain out of my way, and I went through the open balcony door just in time to catch one of the thieves right after he jumped off the balcony ledge. And, you know, looking back on it, he looked like a normal guy. Dark hair, normal height, athletic build, had a big earring on his left ear, but at the time, he looked like a monster. A vile, putrid, home-invading, piece-of-shit-thief monster. I started screaming unintelligible things as I saw him stumble around, obviously having hurt his legs from the jump, before he got back on his feet and ran away. They were gone. I was safe, but then it hit me. Where was my laptop? I ran into my room and I tore the place apart looking for my laptop, but it was gone. I started screaming and crying. The unfairness, the audacity, and the cowardice hit me like a steel toe to the stomach. I screamed and I cried like I was in a Grecian tragedy. I'm not rich by any means and neither is my family. I had an old laptop which was probably worth pennies second hand, but I needed that laptop for my schoolwork and without it, I couldn't finish my semester. Not to mention that I don't have any real life friends and the majority of my friends at the time were online, so... If I lost that laptop, I lost them too. My laptop was lost and so was I. I felt violated, I felt dirty, and I felt less than. I was afraid that I might throw up or pass out or both. I was taking such rapid and deep panicked breaths that my vision began to blur. In the most panicked and grief-stricken state that I've ever been in in my life, Tears start streaming down my face. I called my mom to tell her what had just happened, and she told me to call the police. It took me almost a full minute on the phone with the operator, telling her again and again where I lived, who I was, and what had just happened, before she understood me and said that she'd send somebody over. A few days later, I was talking with my mother about the incident, and she told me something that hit me hard. I come from a pretty much trilingual household and she told me that when I called her that night, she couldn't make out what language I was speaking because I had been so panicked. It makes sense why I had to repeat myself over and over to the operator. I started running around the house like a lunatic, checking every door and every lock in a frenzy until I got to the kitchen and I saw that the window had been broken. Without thinking, I slammed it shut. Uh, it's stupid, I know, but I was beside myself and I wasn't thinking straight. My brother came home a few minutes later and when he came in, he saw me panicked, crying my eyes out and speaking almost unintelligibly. He came to the bedrooms and he saw the damage and he told me to go sit in the living room and to calm down. I did as he said and I did try to calm down but 
I was still jumping at every sound, and I was starting to cry even worse, telling him I was sorry that I got home too late and that our laptops were gone. The house seemed so big to me in those moments, so dark and so hostile, I felt so small and helpless. My brother called me over to my room and showed me a pillowcase full of something, and when we looked inside, we found both laptops, all of my jewelry, my old phone, and some other stuff. They had been right in front of me the whole time, but I was so messed up that that didn't even register. The police eventually came about an hour later and did pretty much nothing, so my brother and I took it to the police station and filed a report of the incident. And since I had seen half of the culprit's faces, they asked me to come in for an identification. They even sent someone over to dust for prints, but nothing ever came of it. The police said that since they didn't even have a backpack to put the loot in and resorted to using one of our pillowcases, they were almost 100% junkies. We had the outdoor metallic ladder ripped off our kitchen balcony, much to my cat's displeasure since that's how they got in, and we also installed several motion-detecting lights. For the next few months, I was constantly on edge and Every time I passed near some suspicious characters who hang around my usual bus stop, I felt a a violent rage boil in me. I caught myself looking for the man that I had seen, ready to beat him within an inch of his life. But I never saw him, and I never heard his creepy, whispering partner ever again either, and my brother and I moved away from that apartment a few months later because... I I never felt comfortable in that apartment again. I picked up kickboxing, and because it's made me stronger, it's helped me to also feel safer, and I also carry a knife with me now, too. I still think back on that encounter, and I realize how stupid I was. Now, what creeps me out the most is knowing that that night, there had been nothing but a thin plywood door separating me from two potentially dangerous men. Even if I know that me busting in my brother's room like a lunatic is what scared them off because of how stupidly fearless I was, I also realize how bad that could have gone. They could have had guns or knives. They could have had pepper spray or a chain or whatever. And there were two of them and only one of me. And if they ganged up on me... Even with the adrenaline having turned me into Doom Guy, I don't know how much of a chance I realistically stood against two men high on whatever they were on and desperate enough to break into an apartment and stuff loot in a pillowcase. Had they been willing to put up a fight, this would have ended very, very bad for me. What I do know is that I probably still would have busted in there like the Doom Guy. So, to the creepy and cowardly bastards who dared to break into my apartment and tried to rob me and my brother and ended up traumatizing me so bad that I had to move, I hope for your sake that we never 
meet again because I've been kicking that sandbag for two years now and picturing your face every single time. Well, here's some backstory. I'm 17 years old, I'm about to be a senior in high school, and I worked at a vet clinic as a kennel worker for two years. Now, my mom worked there, so that's how I was able to start working there before I was 16. So, it's common for people to ask me to watch their pets or help them with things that are pet-related. That's how I ended up staying at one of my teacher's houses these past few days. On Monday morning, I went over to their house and I started settling in. I should mention that they just moved in a week ago, so this house is still fairly empty-ish and there are quite a few boxes. I spent the day hanging out with the dogs. There was a younger dog named Milo and an older dog named Chili, until my mom had me go home for dinner. I was gone for uh, a couple of hours and went back when the sun has just set. When I had left the house, I had turned off all the lights. However, when I got back to the house, the downstairs bathroom light and front hall light were on, which unsettled me a little. But... I just assumed that one of their neighbor friends had stopped by and come in. The key to the house is left under a doormat to the back door, which is something only me and a few of their family friends were aware of. I ignored it and I just started getting ready for bed. I decided to sleep in the living room because it's the coldest room in the house, so I closed the doors which connect the living room to the dining room and the sunroom. The doors to these rooms are all glass, which is going to be important later on. The dogs settled down and I started to as well. Eventually, I fell asleep and was woken up a few hours later to the dogs both up and growling at the doors, which scared me because in the years that I've known these dogs, I've never heard them growl. But I figure it's just them being anxious in a new house with new smells and new sounds, so I brushed it off and eventually fell back to sleep. Tuesday night was uneventful. The dogs slept through the night and so did I. Wednesday night was when things went wrong though. I got back to the house a little after 8 after having been gone at work for a few hours and I was greeted at the door by the dogs. This was odd to me as I had put them in the sunroom before I left, so they should have still been in there. The door leading into the sunroom from the living room had been opened, and the ceiling fans, which were previously on, had been turned off. I'm a pretty paranoid person when it comes to being home alone, so I immediately wanted to just leave, but... I had promised my teacher that I would sleep there with the dogs at night to watch the house, so I just closed the doors and I locked down the house so I could start getting ready for bed. As I was lying on the couch, I saw Milo kept pacing and staring up at the stairs. This was something that I quickly noticed. 
What worries me is when he stops and stands at the base of the stairs and starts growling and barking up the stairs. Again, these dogs rarely ever growl, so I started freaking out a bit when he started doing this. I tried to call him over to me, but he just continued to growl up the stairs. Eventually, he did come over to me and sat with me on the couch, but he continued to stare at the upper part of the stairs. I started to try to relax again and I turned off the lamp next to me and I laid down. The way I was positioned, I could see through the dining room into the sunroom. Now, their sunroom is all windows and no curtains. And I don't know, maybe all sunrooms are like this? I mean, I wouldn't know. And the light from the street was shining into the room, lighting it up just the slightest bit. I started to doze off when I noticed that I couldn't see any light coming in from the street anymore. And this is when the dogs start going nuts again. Both of them got up and started growling. Milo went over to the stairs while Chili stayed at the door, separating the living room from the dining room. I was freaking out, but I didn't see any movement in the sunroom. So instead of calling the cops or anything, I I just called my mom, who refused to come to the house to get me. (laughs) Yeah, thanks mom. So I called my grandpa and I had him stay on the phone with me while I got my shoes on and I bolted. I went out the back door so that I could grab the key off of the counter on my way out. And as I got to the gate leading out to the sidewalk, I noticed it was open just a little bit. I didn't even bother thinking about why it was open and I just ran. The way that I went, there's a junior high school that separates the street that my teacher lives on, which is Street A, and the street that I live on, which is Street B, about two streets down from the junior high. A lot of people cut through the parking lot as it leads right to Street A, so I decided to go that route. Here's where it gets creepier for me. As I was passing the actual school itself, I noticed that one of the side doors to the school was open, and the darkness from the hallway seemed like it was pouring out of the door. It was something straight out of a horror movie, which is why it scared me more than the incident in the house. I started running faster, and eventually I made it home. Now I'm in my room with my dog typing all of this out, still freaking out. Thank you for anyone that read or listened to this. I'm sorry it was so long, but I tend to ramble when I'm scared. I'm going to try to get some sleep. If you like these scary stories, then click the video on the screen now to hear more just like it. And... I know that you're pretty sure all of your doors and windows are locked, but go check. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. 